Catherine the Fake, the fraudster who conned her way around rural Ireland. She's evil. I mean, she's ruined so many people's lives. She was a very strange individual. A very strange person. I could have called stop at any time, but I was afraid. She's like an eel, always moving around. Nobody will ever catch her. She's very clever, cunning, and manipulative person. Florist turned fraudster Catherine O'Brien has left a trail of destruction in her wake, and now she is being hunted by Gardaí. I'm Anne Murphy, and this is Catherine the Fake, an Irish Examiner investigative podcast. Part 3. It's a long way from Clare to here. When the ballad It's a Long, Long Way from Clare to Here was penned by songwriter Ralph McTell, it told a tale of life as an Irish immigrant in London. The ballad's chorus could just as easily have been written about Catherine O'Brien, though for whom Clare became her playground for several years, even though she lived almost 200 kilometres away in Dungarvan, County Watford. A connection with a Clare vet online led to her spending weekends regularly in Clare, with her social life revolving around the new life she was making there. And when she advertised positions in a pub which she said she had bought, her new friends eagerly looked forward to fun nights in a premises owned by one of their own. But looking through the judgment made in favour of the Criminal Assets Bureau against Catherine O'Brien earlier this year, it is clear that the connections made by her in Clare were treated not as friends, but as acquaintances which came in useful to her business plans. To those acquaintances, including the vet, Catherine was a solicitor or, at the very least, worked in legal circles and was an expert in any crisis involving help with any legal matter. The reality of her being a florist in Dungarvan was something nobody knew. One acquaintance in Clare, Paddy Donoghue, recalls. Well, I met her to a veterinarian in in North Clare who got to know her. He introduced her to me as um, a prospective client. So I... um, I met her, sat down across the table from her and um, had a few dealings with her. Well, I must have met her maybe four or five times in that man's company. I never met her myself outside of that. But any time I did meet her with that man, she was charming and she seemed very smart and nothing would be a problem like. Even now, he had to ask if Catherine was ever a solicitor. He explains why. When you would ask her a few questions about her background, she would lead you to believe that she was in the legal profession of some description and that yet she never answered any question directly. You automatically presume that it was, it was legal that she was involved in and that um, she was well able to talk the jargon. And um, I could have been easily persuaded that she knew what she was talking about. She was evading the questions, but she would get around you by answering questions. And she seemed to be able to convince me anyway that's what she was in the legal profession. He came to know her through the vet with whom Catherine appeared to be in a relationship. Mr. Donoghue, who runs a veterinary supplies business, says he supplied her with items for her veterinary business because of the Clare Vet's involvement with her. He says, To me, it seemed the perfect opportunity to do some business with her. And um, I did. 
you know? And I was completely hoodwinked by her as regards, no problem, I will supply stuff and I'll set up an account with you and away we went. Absolutely, yes, yeah, she bought stuff off me and um, I never got paid for it. Despite several attempts, subsequently, she never came good with the money and um, I never heard from her again until um, I heard some mumblings about stuff that she'd done to other people. The vet, who we will call Sean, was hoping for a happy ever after when he turned to online dating to meet someone. Living and working in West Clare, he loved country life and socialising. But he wanted someone to share it with. He had hoped for a life-changing meeting through the site, but he hadn't expected the changes to be quite so dramatic and impactful, not just on himself, but also on family and acquaintances. Prior to meeting in person, the two had chatted online before swapping phone numbers and finally meeting up about a month after the first connection was made. Sean describes himself as a devil-may-care sort of person, someone who takes someone at their word, even now. He reflects. We talked on the phone a bit and the very first time I rang her, I noticed she was very cagey and I asked, was she a solicitor? She said she was, so I thought she was a solicitor. I met her in July 2011. She came up to my house. I would be kind of easy going and devil may care. She came to my house and we went to Doolan for something to eat and then came home to my place. The two got on well and Catherine stayed in Sean's house that night. The following day, the would-be couple went on an excursion to the Aran Islands. So far, so very normal. However, Sean readily admits now that he just didn't fancy her. But he felt trapped. Having thought that Catherine was a solicitor, he told her about speeding fines he had racked up. She promised to get them sorted and he believed that she had the context to do so. He admits... She kept coming back to me and I had the speeding tickets. So I felt if I did not keep in touch, she would not sort them. And as time went on, Catherine became a central part of his life, even though he is even now reluctant to admit they had become a couple of sorts. Yet Catherine was a regular visitor to his home and Claire, even buying some items for the house. Looking back, Sean recalls that he never travelled to Catherine's adopted hometown of Dungarvan. There were arrangements made for such a visit, but they never happened. Something always came up. He has kept emails and receipts and invoices from their time together, both personally and in business, and they showed that their connection was not all plain sailing. For him, it was not a happy ever after relationship. But although he says he did not feel like they were a couple, they went on holidays together to France, Spain and Italy over a year after meeting, in July 2012. Despite their continued relationship, he still did not know a lot about Catherine. He says now, She was always saying she had so much money in the bank and she was going retiring. She told me she had two offices, one in Dungarvan, one in Fermoy. I am a very trusting person. I don't question. I take people at face value. I wouldn't be a person to check someone out like to the nth degree. As a result... When he encountered difficulties in his business life in late 2012, he once again leaned on Catherine, as he had done when she had promised to sort his speeding tickets. He explains. I rang her because she sorted everything. Whatever you wanted, she would do it. 
In the meantime, the two began to look at going into business, with a visit to an Alsop auction leading to the acquisition of a premises in Buttevant for a veterinary-related business in December 2012. He recalls her enthusiasm at the time. She said she had loads of money and we could set up two premises and expand the business, one in Dungarvan and one in Buttevant. He now reflects that his move was a mad one. Looking back, it would have been impossible. How were we going to manage? It is impossible to get vets, so how would I have been able to manage it from here, an hour and a half away? It was madness. He also got involved in business with her in her own backyard of Dungarvan. He became involved in her plans to set up two veterinary-related businesses there, called Abbeyside Veterinary and the Animal Emporium. According to the Criminal Assets Bureau judgment, she would later deny to Gardaí that she owned the business in Dungarvan, saying that she was operating it on behalf of the Clare-based vet. In March 2013, an anonymous letter arrived in the post to Sean, containing an article which had been printed in a newspaper some years previously, focusing on Catherine's serial debts ran up with financial institutions. He says he does not know who sent him that letter, but it showed a side to Catherine that he was not aware of. But he says that from then on, his view of Catherine all changed. He confronted her on the phone about the letter and she managed to persuade him not to worry about it. However, his relatives were not convinced and tried to convince him to cut his ties with her. In an email to him in April 2013, she talked about her confusion about the status of their personal relationship and refuted what she saw as an implication by him that she took money for myself out of the account of the business in Dungarvan. She also wrote, Do I need to list every last thing I bought for you and put a value on it? Do I need to get back everything I put into your house? Are we going down the road where you want to give me back every memory of me from your life? You say you want us back together, but you are doing everything to make sure it won't happen. But he said, however, that by then, he was involved fairly big in business dealings with her. He says, I had to be careful. If I broke ties with her straight away, I could have been caught for a lot of money. However, the company was short-lived, with the business just lasting for nine months, having been registered on June 21st, 2012. The business was located at Borinunvillen in Dungarvan's Abbeyside, with the vet being the registered owner. There was no references to Catherine O'Brien on any of the documents relating to the company. Aside from their business dealings, the personal side of their connection could be described as toxic at times, with one episode leading to an assault charge being brought against Sean, which was later dropped. On another occasion, Sean confronted her when a large sum of money disappeared from his house, when he believed she may have taken it. However, she refuted the allegation and told him in an email, It is my intention to report to the Gardaí the theft of the money from your house and that you accuse me of taking it. In May 2013, Catherine's persona as a legal expert came to the fore when she drafted a contract which she wanted members of Sean's family to sign. The contract, in which she called herself Kate O'Brien, requested that Sean's parents and brother shall not under any circumstances in any way interfere with herself or conduct any drive-bys of Sean's house while she was there. 
It also requested that the three family members should not come within 50 metres of Kate O'Brien or cause any upset whatsoever to her. And it further asked that Sean's parents and brother will refrain from interfering in any way with any dealings between her and Sean. The contract was to be effective immediately for a period of 24 months. Despite the heavy-handed approach Catherine took in drawing up the contract, which his relatives refused to sign, Sean remained close to her, even travelling to Dublin to an All-Ireland final and subsequent replay with her, where they viewed the game from a corporate box in Croke Park. The box was organised by a well-connected acquaintance who told Catherine by email that the seats for the replay were on level 5 with the best view in-house on the centre line. Some months later, towards the end of 2013, Sean decided to fully pull the plug on their business connection. By then, he had decided not to go ahead with the purchase of the Buttevant property, which was subsequently purchased by an acquaintance of his, the County Clare Dairy Farmer. The farmer's path crossed with Catherine's through Sean, and he went on to become involved in her business, Advanced Vetmed Ireland Limited, AVMI. An application for a voluntary strike-off of AVMI was lodged with the company's registration office in July this year by the dairy farmer and another farmer from Limerick. Both were directors. Earlier this year, the High Court ruled that a 151 registered Land Rover Discovery could be seized by the Criminal Assets Bureau after the CAB alleged that Catherine had bought it through the proceeds of criminal frauds. CAB's case was that she had altered and misused checks received from the farmer for Advanced Vetmed Ireland Limited. The judgment also stated There is no evidence that AVMI Limited traded in veterinary products. Catherine O'Brien was not a director of that company or a signatory to the company bank account which was opened in December 2014. She was not entitled to buy or sell motor vehicles on behalf of that company or to hold herself out as having authority to engage in these transactions. In a statement of complaint made by the dairy farmer to Gardaí, he said that a series of frauds had been perpetrated on him by Catherine. For example, the judgment said, He gave an account of giving her money to buy pipes which were never delivered. It added that the farmer claimed that he provided Catherine O'Brien with money for horses which disappeared. In the judgment against her, Mr Justice Alexander Owens also made reference to her claims to have bought a pub in Clare. The investment in the public house was to be used in some way to balance up the money which he, the dairy farmer, had put into AVMI Limited, the company he was involved in with Catherine O'Brien. There is evidence that she placed an advertisement and conducted interviews for prospective employees of this public house which was not bought. Sean remembers the pub saga well. He says, She promised people that there would be great nights there. She held interviews for staff for the premises, even though it was not for sale at the time. A number of people turned up for the interviews and everyone was saying to me how great it would be. He smiles at times when he looks back on how things evolved since his first meeting with Catherine and recalls, I didn't lose an awful lot. There was around €20,000 of unpaid bills at the end. Though he remains out of pocket to this day, he reflects that It is only money. 
and has moved on with his life. But he feels, looking back, that he was governed by fear of what Catherine O'Brien had over him in relation to the difficulties in his business and believes he would have cut ties with her much quicker only for that. I was afraid of her because she had too much information. If you stop it, the relationship like, she goes and reports you and you could lose your job. She was a very strange individual. It is very hard to put a finger on what was her motive. A very strange person. It was my own fault. I could have called stop at any time, but I was afraid. In recent weeks, the County Clare dairy farmer has passed away. The Gardaí are looking for Catherine O'Brien. The Irish Examiner is looking for her too. If you have information relating to her whereabouts, contact me on anne.murphy at examiner.ie. Tune in to part four, Horses for Courses, to learn how Catherine O'Brien tried to inveigle Senator David Norris into her scams. Catherine the Fake was researched and written by me, Anne Murphy. The podcast was produced by Deirdre O'Shaughnessy, recorded by Jim Collin, with sound design by JJ Vernon. Catherine the Fake features the vocal talents of Jim Collin, Owen English, Neve Griffin, Esther Irwin, Leo O'Shaughnessy and Michael Gary. And the graphics were done by Tiernan King and the Irish Examiner visual design team. Photography and video used on irishexaminer.com by Dan Linehan and Eddie O'Hare. If you have information about Catherine O'Brien and her whereabouts, contact me on anne.murphy at examiner.ie and keep an eye on irishexaminer.com for more updates on Catherine the Fake.